0: Kinder and Steinberg continues. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Well, you might as well hop on the roller coaster that has been the Calgary Flames season. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how fun that roller coaster is. I don't know if it is. Um, I don't know if it's going to have lines going around the block but it has been an up and down ride there's no doubt about it six nothing in Anaheim last night last night they were closing their eyes and pucks were going in in the first period last night this team that could not score this team that all of a sudden has scored 18 goals in their last 3 wins yeah remember remember this group that was the lowest scoring team that we could remember this is the team that was one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL last year and this year couldn't buy a goal. Well, they've scored six per game in each of their last three wins and it's just another high in a season full of really high highs and really low lows. I'm kind of, Mr. Klein, as we uh, get the program underway, I'm, I'm kind of done guessing what is going to happen on any given night. I, I certainly did not see six nothing coming last night in Anaheim, specifically knowing that this team has had next to no success in that building over the last oh, you know, twenty five years. Uh, and yet last night for the first time ever they scored six goals on the road in Anaheim. Why Why guess, why try to predict what this team is going to do because it has been the most up and down season that I can remember when talking about the Calgary Flames?
2: Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason for any of it. They come out with complete performances against teams like Vancouver and Edmonton who are in the battles for playoff spots, and they lose three of four to the LA Kings, who currently sit in the basement of the Western Conference. I would not be surprised, even a little bit, if between the 21st and the 25th of February, the Flames go 2-1 and one, with two wins over Boston and a loss against Detroit. That's just how this season has gone for the, the Calgary Flames. Nothing makes sense. Up is down. Uh, it, it, it's been all over the place for Calgary, and it still has them in a playoff spot, some crazy how, so... Hooray, I I suppose. It's a weird one, but uh, again, this is three out of four on the road trip where they looked pretty good. One where they looked really, really bad, but three out of four where they looked pretty good.
1: I don't even know what they looked like last night. It was such a, a good
2: 20 minutes and then neither team really cared after that.
1: I mean it's kind of one of those games where i i it's it's tough to evaluate good or bad (laughs) last when when i mean john gibson was no good and the the flames were closing their eyes and scoring not to say they didn't deserve to to be up or they were playing poorly or no, but it's like that was such a lopsided period in terms of pucks going in one goalie was dialed in the other was not and uh the flames get out to a four nothing lead it's like the next 40 minutes basically don't matter unless unless Play so poorly defensively, or your goaltender decides to soil the sheets. What happens in the next 40 minutes or so is kind of immaterial because, eh, well, the flames probably gonna win. Like the statistics would suggest, here's your uh, rocket science moment of the day. The statistics would suggest that if you're up by four after 20, you're probably gonna win a hockey game. So, I guess the point would be like, I I don't know who played well last night. I don't know. The Flames had a 4 nothing lead and they made sure they didn't lose that game. They scored a goal a period after that. That's all you need to take away from that game is that they got the two points and it, it, yeah, it happened in blowout fashion. And I think for Flames fans, knowing how awful that building has been to play in over the, specifically the last 15 years or so, uh, seeing them have a game like that at the Honda Center in Anaheim was, was probably pretty cool. It was probably one of those, ha! <laughs> We've been waiting for that one. I think that we've paid our dues and we deserved a game like that to watch the Flames play in Anaheim. That's probably what, uh, that's probably what the biggest takeaway would be. But you're right. Yeah. They get three of a possible four on this road trip, six of a possible eight points. And there were lots of good things to like about this road trip and more than anything else. Nobody is suggesting the Flames are going to score six a game from this point forward. Nobody's going to suggest that this team is all of a sudden just going to close their eyes and pucks are going to go in. But, at the very least, from a confidence standpoint, there are players on this team that... Are probably feeling significantly better about the way things are going. Whether you're Mark Jankowski or Michael Backlund or Milan Lucic or like there, you could you could point at a number of players in terms of how they're feeling individually from a confidence standpoint, and then overall, I think just Rob Kerr's old term was always chopping wood and you know how much of a grind it could be for this team in years past to score goals it's like geez it's always a labor for this team to score and for so long this season Kleiner it's been a labor for this team to score well at least on this road trip That wasn't the case, and offense was easy to come by for them on the road here, and knowing that, I just wonder from a team standpoint, from an overall standpoint, how much that would do for their overall morale.
2: Well, I I think you look at Michael Backlund and see the difference confidence can make on, on that goal that he scores, where he beats Ricard Raquel for the shorthanded goal. I think Michael Backlund a couple weeks ago sees that there's a player back, forward, defenseman, regardless, and uses this time to just kind of kill a little bit more clock. But he was aggressive, he was confident, and he gets a goal there. I, I think there is something to that. And for the Flames, even with what is it, twenty three goals on this, uh, that's off, twenty one goals on this, 21. Uh, yeah, twenty one goals on this road trip, uh, they're still twentieth in the league in scoring. So it has been a bit of a grind for this team to score goals at times this season, but we know that this team has the talent. We've been saying it all year that they can put some stretches like this together. I wonder if these lines are going to stay the same moving forward, but it at least worked for the last few games because things seem to be clicking offensively for some of the guys that you needed to get going. Talk about depth scoring Mark Jankowski, another two goal night. Michael Backlund has a big night. Those are the guys where if they get rolling, it takes some of the pressure off the big guys.
1: Luke texts in at nine six zero nine six zero. Lucic was definitely closing his eyes when Shillington scored. That's factually correct.
2: Yes, yeah, Um, that is accurate. (laughs)
1: please don't hit me please don't hit me. please be accurate it was top corner uh and then gibson would allow one more goal to jankowski before getting yanked ryan miller came in the rest of the way okay hold that thought when it comes to the lines because that's where i want to go a little bit later on before we do that though we welcome you to pinder and steinberg on this lovely friday afternoon we are live from ski cellar on this uh, on this friday afternoon we'll tell you a little bit more about what we're doing here at ski cellar as the afternoon goes along address is 5809 mcleod trail south one of the three ski cellar locations in the city we've talked a lot we, you heard brian McGratton on with us last week talking about the sled dogs the uh the ski boots that you don't need a ski for uh they're basically you're skating on the ski hill uh the sled dogs are here and we'll tell you a whole lot more about what's happening at ski 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 cellar as the afternoon goes along but right now it is time for our game in a minute as we take a look back to last night in anaheim
0: Good evening hockey fans and welcome inside Honda Center in Anaheim where tonight Elias Lindholm and the 29-23-6 Calgary Flames will wrap up a four-game road trip when they renew their rivalry with Ryan Getzlaff and the 23-26-7 Anaheim Ducks. Far side to stone with a shot tipped, loose puck in front, they jam away and score! Elias Lindholm appeared to be the last Flames player to touch it as he stretches his point streak to nine games and gives the Flames a 1-0 lead. Spins across the Ducks blue line, stops, walks to the net, shoots and scores! What a shot by Oliver Shillington! He picks the top corner and makes it 3-0 Flames! Here comes Jankielski the other way, he crosses the Ducks line, toe drags, shoots and scores! Mark Jankowski launches a rocket right into the roof of the Ducks net, and it is 4-0 Flames. Backland's going to race up the left wing side into the Ducks zone. Backlund drives the net, shoots, and scores! A beautiful forehand, a backhand move by Michael Backlund, who scores his second goal of the game. It is 5-0 Flames. ...by Jankowski, who skates it across the Ducks' blue line, dangles it and shoots, gets stopped by Miller, rebound, Jankowski scores! Mark Jankowski scores his second goal of the game. It's 6-0 Flames. As it bounced off Richie in front, and time runs out on the Ducks here at Honda Center in Anaheim. Cam Talbot with a 44-save shutout. His first as a member of the Flames, and for the first time in more than 24 years, the Flames win back-to-back games at Honda Center in Anaheim. Tonight, they defeat the Ducks, six to nothing.
1: Game in a Minute, brought to you by Height Infinity. Save up to $5,000 on a cash purchase of the 2020 QX60 or finance at 0.99%. Every in-stock vehicle sold will receive a
0: $250 spa gift certificate.
1: So last night, the Flames go back to line combinations that we are familiar with but haven't seen in a number of months. Not last night, but this road trip, they do. Uh They did it for all four of the games. It started with Saturday's game in Vancouver with Lindholm back on the right side with Monaghan and Gaudreau. Backland and Kachuk put back together with Manjapani, And then the bottom six, basically the same as what we've seen, regardless of of the top six you have had. Ryan with Lucic and Dubey and then whatever the fourth line is going to look like on any given night. That's kind of a, a moving target. Score 21 goals on the road trip. A lot of people pointing to that as the reason why the Flames have averaged six goals in their last win. Personally, I think that's a little confirmation bias. Like, oh, well, they changed the lines and now they score. It must be the only reason. I, I don't... I'm not quite at that point but I do think it raises a really interesting conversation and you know how much I think Lindholm at center is crucial for this team going forward and what that does for this group in terms of matchups, in terms of a four-line battle in a playoff series, all that type of stuff, Like it's it's my opinion, Lindholm at center is a really important development for this team. But the last four games, he has not been at center. He's got three goals in his last two games. He's got a nine-game point streak, five of that at center, four of that now moving back to the wing on the line with Monaghan and Gaudreau. Backland has been playing well. He's got a five-game point streak. He's got eight points in those five games. I mean, there, there's a really interesting conversation to be had, and that conversation gets more interesting when you hear from head coach Jeff Ward post-game last night when he was asked about it and basically says that, you know what, players came to him, said they prefer these line combinations, and that's why he went back to them. Here's the head coach after last night's win.
3: You guys just felt like... You know they needed a little bit more and and uh, you know Bax wasn't the only player we talked to we talked to Johnny we talked to Monty we talked to a lot of our players over the last couple of weeks and really got a lot of feedback from them and and then uh, you know decided that this was the direction that we had to move based on what they were saying and um, it's paid off and you know I I give them a lot of credit for you know a we we talk about you know having to have the tough conversation um, and for them to come in and And bring up uh, you know some dicey subjects that maybe in some other areas they wouldn't want to talk about. You know they came in and had the tough conversation, and we got to listen to the tough conversation too. When it's you know when it's coming our way, if we expect them to listen to it, when we have to give it the other way. So I thought the feedback was excellent. Um, They were honest, um, and they felt like it was it could be something that really would help. And right now it uh, it has helped us, and it's it's paying some good dividends for us.
1: So essentially, that's Jeff Ward from last night. Sounds like Backland asked to go back to playing center and, and really said, I'd, I'd really like to be there permanently. I don't, I don't love this stuff on the wing. Please, like I, I would really like to go back to center. Sounds like Monaghan and Gaudreau spoke with the head coach and said, we'd really like Lindholm back on our line. We think that's when we're at our best. And, and the coach, listen, fair enough. I still think Lindholm is this team's best center, and I think he makes them harder to match up against when he's playing center. But this is a really interesting thing to watch down the stretch because the way Backlund is playing makes it a whole lot easier for a coaching staff to be like, okay, we can put Lindholm on the wing. Our best center, we can use him on the wing on a top line. If Backlund's not scoring, if Backlund's not Actually, making an impact on the offensive side of the ice, I think it's a little more difficult to be able to commit to that long term. But you hear that from the head coach, and whether I like Lindholm at center or Pinder likes Lindholm at center, it sure does sound like going back to the lines that we've seen the last four games is probably what we're going to see here for the next little while.
2: Well, and you look at what we were talking about for the, the last few weeks before some of these changes were made, and it was the importance of Johnny Gaudreau and getting Johnny Gaudreau going. And if Elias Lindholm is best used in that sense right now, then I think the versatility of Lindholm being used in that spot, helping the team however he can, I think that's hugely important. I'm with you. I still think this team looks best down the middle with Lindholm, Bonahan, Backlund, and Ryan. And I understand Jankowski is playing much better, and all credit to him for doing that. If you put him on the wing... Fine, sure, go for it. But either way, I think if you have that one to four down the middle, this team can be pretty dangerous, especially if they can go out and add another right shot at the trade deadline. But as this team is currently constructed, if Backlund's not comfortable on the wing, and if it takes Elias Lindholm getting back with Goudreau and Monahan to really get those two guys going then give it a go. And it seemed to work the last couple games. I understand there is some confirmation bias there, but we talk about the importance of confidence. If Johnny Gaudreau is going at his best when Elias Lindholm was on his right side, then put Elias Lindholm on his right side so Johnny Gaudreau can be at his best and this team can start to move forward again. So I, I am with you and Pender. I think this team is at their best when Elias Lindholm is down the middle, but he was needed elsewhere right now and it seems to work at least for the short term.
1: And, and it's not like that line has been shooting the lights out. I mean, Lindholm scored three in his last two. He's got a nine game point streak, but it's not like all of a sudden they're combining for six and seven points a game and we're watching Purple Gatorade. Like, it's not like they've been put back together and watch out. Look at how good this team has been. It's, it's actually been driven by the, I don't know, the bottom nine forwards, if you were, if you can call them that, but it's been driven by Backlund, it's been driven by that Ryan line, it's been driven by fourth line scoring, so it's not like putting him back there, and and, and I realize that Lindholm does have three goals, so it's not completely um without impact, but it's not like that line has been put back together and now all of a sudden it's the most dangerous line in the NHL again, you know?
2: No, and that that is very fair, but I think we both agree Johnny Gaudreau has looked better in the last few games. So while they haven't just been completely dominating games, I do think that Gaudreau has looked a little bit better, and I don't think there's a question Michael Backlund has looked better. He looks so much more comfortable back down the middle uh, than he was on the wing. Maybe that's just anecdotal, but we know sometimes athletes' brains can get a little weird on them, and if Backlund only needed the confidence boost of playing back down the middle who are we to deny him of that so i i i don't mind it. it it's not necessarily the change i would have made but it seems to have worked for now and if the players are going to go for it and play with it and work well i guess you kind of just got to go with it
1: as as one of the callers said last night on overtime i mean it, it's yeah i mean there's a there's a real interesting argument to be made about well look what happened in the playoffs last year when when that line got outdone by another top line and outdone by a significant margin it 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 kind of it kind of was the biggest swing of a series like that was the reason the biggest reason not the only reason but the biggest reason why Colorado won that series last year is because McKinnon's line was significantly better than than Monaghan's line and Jared Bednar had the confidence to split apart his big three at times, use Rantanen on a different line than McKinnon on road games. And that also was a big reason why the Avalanche were still difficult to match up against specifically on the road. So that's that's why I think there's a real conversation to be had about where Lindholm best fits on this team and whether or not being on the wing with Monaghan and Gaudreau is the best permanent option or him at center is the best permanent option but I think for there's also a conversation to be had about well to get to the playoffs you got to get to the playoffs you know what I'm saying like it's like okay great we can talk about how you match up in the playoffs but Mm -hmm. you got to get there first and if the team is going to be more comfortable with Lindholm playing with Monahan and Gaudreau, and if Monahan and Gaudreau are going to be the most comfortable with him there, and as a coaching staff, you believe that's going to give you a better shot at getting to the playoffs, well, maybe you have to, maybe you have to listen, and maybe you have to, have, maybe you have to have those hard conversations. I, I think it is fascinating how this is going to play out because, like we were talking about a good couple of months with Lindholm playing center. Yep. And now he's back with Monaghan and Gaudreau. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how this plays out between now and the end of the season.
2: No, I'm with you. And I mean, if we've established one thing in Calgary over the last couple of years, this is probably going to change a couple more times between now and the, the end of the season. I mean, that's just kind of how these things go. We've seen that Jeff Ward kind of continue the trend of things aren't working. Let's just pull, shoot and try something else. This something else has happened to work and it's all reliable, you're getting back a few lines together, not just um, Gaudreau, Monaghan, and Lindholm, but I've really liked the new incarnation of the 3M line with Manjapani now alongside them with Michael Furley traded, and Dubay, Lucic, and Ryan had some pretty good moments throughout this trip, and then Jankowski um, having a couple good games for himself as well. So it seems to be working for now. I understand that if you shut down the Gaudreau, Monahan, Lindholm line or that line takes an L like they did in the postseason, then it's not going to be great. But that was going to be the same regardless of whether Lindholm was on that line or not. If you have that line get outplayed, it's going to be tough to overcome either way. Those guys are so important to how this team is playing that you need them to get going. And I think if you're willing to sacrifice Lindholm, to, Lindholm at center to get those guys going, I think that's a move that the Flames have to make right now, given they've had some trouble scoring goals.
1: On the text line at nine six zero nine six zero, damn you, Nazim Kadri. Uh, Kadri here would have made this uh, conversation a whole lot. Uh, well, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, nope, certainly would wouldn't. Probably be playing the wing. Um, this reads twenty three and thirteen look re engaged. They need to finish, and once they do that, teams should start dominating with the way the bottom six are playing. I mean, again, there's a lot of assumptions in there, and I don't know how re engaged. I I I don't know. I'm. I think they've looked I, better. Monaghan I don't know Gaudreau has been better offensively in a couple of games of late but I'm still not I'm still not enamored with what I'm seeing Um, this reads the core players going to the coaches like when the core Jays went to John Gibbons and asked that Bautista bat higher up the order good management to listen. Uh, this reads, if Janko can up his trade value, maybe the Flames can swing a deal for Benino or Thornton, and Lindholm can stay with 13 and 23. And I, I think that he's going to stay there for the time being anyway. Uh, Mike writes, I have the opinion now the Flames should go with Lindholm and Backlund as their permanent center options. I notice those two more than I ever noticed.
2: Monaghan. Uh, that is one and- thing. I- I'm surprised with, with all the, the shuffling that Monaghan stayed up the middle the whole time. You know, like yeah. you had, you had him on a line with Backlund and Backlund was the one on the wing. You could have just, whoop, and I'm surprised that was never a look that the Flames tried.
1: Yep. And they tried it for like a practice. <laughs> yeah. And then it was a rough practice never...
2: though, man. Like I'm a
1: And Jeff Ward basically said, yeah, they never really thought about doing it in games. So, uh, what else we got here at nine, six, oh, nine, six, oh, sell Jankowski. Now he hasn't looked this good in two years. This reads, Johnny looks so uninterested. If they could trade him prior to the deadline for someone who cares, I'd pull the trigger. Um, So there's just a few of the texts at 960-960 on this Friday afternoon. We're underway on Pinder and Steinberg, live from the Ski Cellar, the South location. We're here at 5809 McLeod Trail South, Pinder and Steinberg, on location at Ski Cellar until 6 o'clock. Biggest sale of the year is going on right now. All junior ski wear up to 60% off. Winter Brands by Oakley, uh, Spider, and more up to 50% off. They've got the best brands in winter sports, again, up to 50% off. Also, huge selection of used junior skis and boots. There is a ton to take a look at here at Ski Cellar. Three locations in Calgary. Again, we're here, 5809 McLeod Trail South. Easy to find, and we're here until 6 o'clock this afternoon. Pat Steinberg and Peter Klein, along with you. Be sure to tune in between 5 and 6 o'clock tonight for the sports drive at 5, brought to you by Pete the Plumber, the superheroes of plumbing and heating. Call 403 257 1766 or find them at pietheplumber.com for all your plumbing and heating needs. Well, I don't think I'm off base when I say kicking is not really allowed in the NHL. How not allowed? We'll discuss next. Pinder and Steinberg's underway. Sportsnet 960, the fan.
0: to Pinder and Steinberg, Calgary sports talk in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi, Sportsnet 960, the Fan.
1: Well, I have a uh, important question. I feel that I probably shouldn't be asking, but I am asking, and I'm asking for a reason. How many games should you get for kicking an opposing player in a sport played with knives on your feet?
2: Uh, several, I-, I think, would be the answer to that.
1: Like, I, I- I'm, I'm. That's exactly what Zach Cassian did in Edmonton's loss to Tampa Bay last night. He kicked a human being skate first in the chest. Now, luckily, Spartan kicked him with a skate on.
2: What's that? Spartan kicked him with a skate on.
1: Yeah, but that was a straight up boot kick. A front kick. Like, like give me a wrestler who does the... Off the ropes, and then just a straight up front. Oh, kick. A nice little diesel big boot there. Yeah, there you. That's who I was thinking of, Kevin Nash. Yeah, the big boot from Kevin Nash. <laughs> that's what Zach Cassian did last night with a skate on his foot. Like, and yeah. I saw this, and I saw you tweet it. <laughs> I thought you had a good. You're like, I know this is Calgary guy taking a shot at Edmonton guy, but like, uh, this is bad, right? Yeah. Just want to make it, sure. I'm like, when I when I first saw somebody talk about, it, I'm like, well, I'm sure it was accidental or something like that. Then I saw the gif and I was like, nope, that's not accidental. He was he was up kicking somebody off of him. He's like, get off me! Like, luckily, Eric Chernak of the Edmund, uh, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, luckily that got him in the shoulder pads, and we weren't talking about him getting cut in the chest with a skate. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been really serious. Uh, Zach Cassian is a dummy. Like this guy, this guy is so completely out of whack with the fact that he's an important player on his team. Like he, he's having a hard time adjusting to the fact that he's not just a goon and that he actually might have some import on the Edmonton Oilers because. He went straight dummy against Matthew Kachuk and got suspended a couple of games back on January 11th. But this time, this time Cassian can't even spin it like, oh, well, this is big for the team and this will be big for the next time we meet. And I was sending a message. No, you're just a straight up dummy. I don't care what heat of the moment there is or what situation there is. There is never an okay time to kick with your skate. I I don't understand how that can go through a human being's head. Even the most snap show human being in the NHL, like Cassian, this better be a large suspension. Like, yeah. I don't know
2: how you can't throw a book at a human being who kicks another with a skate. Well, and I, I get someone brought up, oh, they have shoulder pads covering that area. And it's like, okay, fine. But, I mean, Sarnak is on his way up. Is If his skate gives out on him or something, this ends... Horrifyingly, you can't just be throwing your skate around. There's a reason why whenever someone gets clicked clipped with a stick, whether accidental, on purpose, whatever, you get two minutes for high sticking because you're supposed to be in control of your stick at all times. Can't believe I have to say this. The same goes for the damn knives on your feet.
1: I do like that <sighs> I point that. A yeah. sport played with knives on your feet. I mm-hmm. was very uh I was very happy with I mean look it's why it's the fastest game on earth. Yes. Um, and, you, like, and it's reaction, why we love it. Reactions also, aside,
2: you can't, like, you have to know, you can't get up and, hmm, wonder how I'm gliding on well, this you ice know sheet what, like, thingy.
1: Baseball, they play with baseball bats. I, I don't think that you're allowed to, after striking out, swing the baseball bat at the catcher. Be like, you know what, I got him in the helmet, though, so, like, and, and like, I was angry. You're not allowed to use the equipment as weapons. Right. And And I don't. I don't think that he was saying, I'm going to stab you. I'm not trying. He wasn't going full happy Gilmore, but he still kicked the guy off of him. And and you know what? Zach Cassian could be sitting beside me right now and could be saying, yeah, but I, I just forgot for a second that I had a skate on my. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what. Like, you still can't do that. You can't you can't not have the book thrown at you for doing that last night the guy is a complete and utter dolt i cannot i cannot understand how that would ever go through your head and you can't sit here and tell me that well you've never been in his shoes or his skates you've never been in that situation doesn't matter you know how many other nhl hockey players have kicked another nhl hockey player none none this season that's the only time it's happened he's the only guy this year of 700 plus that have tried to kick another human being with a skate and you can tell me about chris simon or you can tell me about a couple of the other borderline ones that we've seen there's a reason why they happen once a year the, or 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 less than that there's a reason much why these things get much less than that there's a reason why these things get blown up because you kicked the human being with a skate. Like, it, th- there's there's no way, even as an Oilers fan, there's no way you can justify him doing that.
2: Yeah, no, and I... Like, if your best rebuttal is, yeah, but Chris Simon, then you probably don't have much of a case. Like, that, that's, that's not the best one to go back to. Say, hey, man, look, Chris Simon did something similar. I don't know why you guys are getting so upset. This is absolutely mind-boggling to me. You are... Whatever we want to say about Zach Cassian, you're kind of supposed to be, if you're an NHL player, you're in, like, the top 1% of athletes on this planet. So they're like, oh, it was just a reaction. Well, your reactions are supposed to be kind of different than any other human being. That's not... Like, even if if you had cleats on, you don't do that. Like, this is absolutely mind-boggling to me. I think the smartest thing that he's done is to decline the in-person hearing because he probably would just say something to make it worse. Like, well, man, like, we were just going to give you 10, but... You were really dumb there. So fifteen, like at least now. Yeah, actually, know. guys, it wasn't an accident.
1: I, w- I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to perform open heart surgery <laughs> with my uh, with my skate.
2: Right. Oh man, like I just th- there is uh, a lot of times, and sometimes to a fault. But I will try to think. Okay, there there are two sides to every story. What is like we're we're all zigging one way. What's the zag here? Can't possibly think of one way. That anyone could go any other way than, hey, don't kick a dude in the chest when you're wearing skates. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: What do we got here at 960960? Sorry to say, Pat, but I know an Euler fan that tried to justify it. I've seen plenty of Euler media and Euler fans on Twitter trying to say, really? yeah, well, he did this, but, or, yeah, well, he didn't mean to, but... This one you can't justify no, like, there's like he's going, he's going to get well here, before I read some more text, here's how they get Friedman. Friedman said today with Boomer in the morning that eight is what he thinks that Cassian will end up getting. Here's Friedman with a little bit more as to how serious a situation this is.
4: Look what's happening with the skates right now. You saw that one with Mikaayev, right? Mm-hmm. at the just after Christmas on December 27 like that was really serious. You saw in the Vancouver game the other night a totally accidental play with Pedersen and Zach Smith, and Smith got hurt and had to leave the game. Like, the skates now are being sharpened, honed to such a degree that it's extremely dangerous. And, you know, I think the league league had a meeting at All-Star, with what they call their laceration committee. Chris Johnston reported about this last week, and they're talking about making um, risk protection mandatory, and they're handing out some prototypes to the players saying, please try this out and tell us which one you like. It's serious. Like, you're basically stabbing somebody. And so they're concerned about it happening accidentally when something like this happens on purpose it's a big deal, and I think they're gonna send a message and say you can't you can't do it like no matter what you're thinking on the ice you can't do it. so I, I think the others know that they're going to be without him for a little bit of time. <laughs> I like it's you're basically stabbing someone which accurate. correct
1: yeah. you are basically stabbing somebody. I don't understand how that goes through your games uh, through you through your head rather in terms of the games, I don't know what he's going to get. I know Chris Simon got 30 when he stomped on Yarko Rutu's ankle in 2007 um, Simon definitely had a history and yeah. at the time I believe the NHL called it a repugnant act and they gave him 30 games I don't think Cassian is going to get 30 games but I, uh, I do think that they do need to make a, a very clear example on this one yeah. and need to make sure that this is punished hardly. You can't do that?
2: No, we shouldn't have to go over this as many times. You can't kick a guy, and someone on the uh, text line at nine six zero nine six zero. It wasn't really a kick; it was a gentle push off. It's still with a GD skate on. Like it, it's not like you just walk up and it, it, that's like saying, "Oh well, Chara just took his stick and just gently pushed Gallagher in the face." Fine, still a stick, and this is still a skate to another human being. God, I forget. What I why, I don't know. I, I don't was, know. But, oh.
1: And I don't know what he's going here's, – uh, here's what Cassian said post game. Quote, he was holding my leg. It was reactionary. I was just trying to get him off me, kick him off. If I kicked him hard, I think he would have flew back or the ref would have called a penalty. I was trying to get off and pull my leg off. He was holding me and Archie down. I didn't even know where the puck was. I was trying to pull my leg up and get up. It felt like we were there a lifetime. We were down there for a while. Okay. Okay. Just, can I? And you know what? If if this were if this were like um, if this was roughhousing with your friends on the playground where you don't have skates on, you know what? There's probably you could probably get away with that explanation. I don't know if oh, I just want. I was I was trying to kick him off. Yep, that's exactly the problem. He literally said, "I was trying to get him off me, kick him off." That's exactly the problem that you don't use the word kick and hockey in the same sentence like it's it's it uh, remember these are things that are drilled into children when they're playing novice hockey no don't kick with your skate son because you you've got a blade on your skate and that's that's very dangerous this is a 30 year old man who is admitting that yeah i was trying to kick him off there's like he just made his situation worse yeah probably right it's a good idea he
2: didn't take the in-person hearing yeah and like for a couple things on this one, a I'm watching the video right now. Cernak was not holding his leg down. You, you can watch Cassian bring it around and then boot him in the chest with the skate. Um, secondly, to say, well, if I would have kicked him hard, the ref would have called a penalty on that, is kind of hilarious. When we were talking about the Matthew Kachuk situation, and well, it should have been a penalty or something like that. Anyway, regardless, when you you talk about Zach Cassian, this is where these types of things become a problem because this is an Oilers team already without Connor McDavid in the heat of a playoff race, every point is crucial, and we can make all the jokes we want about Zach Cassian and all this, but to this Oilers team, he is, for now anyway, kind of an important piece. And for him to take himself out of what is going to probably be a considerable a considerable amount of time, while they're also without McDavid, exactly it's that's just, the point. Like you're already missing a top six forward, and Zach Cassian on the Oilers is a top six forward. So to do this and take yourself out of the lineup, fourteen goals, just it, to ask him. Exactly. It, it just that's I mean, a certainly don't kick a dude, but B that is a level of selfishness that just cannot That's be taken say, into regard like, it just, like oh. he is he he's not adjusting to being an important
1: player on a team like he still thinks that he's a good I don't know or maybe he doesn't think I don't know like he's got these he's got these rage eyes and he's got the he's got the seeing red moments that I'm not saying that playing with an edge is bad or or having guys who play with edge isn't something that can give your team an edge because i think it is but when these things happen you have to accept the punishment and you can't tell me that well i mean the the ref didn't call penalties so that means i didn't do anything wrong i mean if i would have kicked them hard doesn't matter if you kick them hard or not you've got to skate on you know you know what i, I don't i, I was going to use an analogy i won't use the analogy it's a little morbid fact of the matter is, when you've got a sharp skate blade that is designed to propel you down the ice as fast as humanly possible, it doesn't matter if you kicked him hard or not. Yeah, you uh, still propelled a sharp blade into another human being's torso. Like some and peop- for any for all these people on the text line are saying you guys are overreacting. A, I, I hope the Oilers do well. I mean, that the- I like you know like we want a battle of Alberta too. So yeah, I mean I don't know how many people are calling us or telling us that we're overreacting who aren't Oilers fans but like I don't think we are overreacting that's one of the most dangerous things I've ever seen watching hockey before period like and you can tell me all you want about lots of other dangerous things those things don't matter like they really don't
2: all we're talking about is what Cassian did like well, and like some, like some people are pointing out on They're the text line. They're not related! Line, like some people pointed out on the text line, you're not even allowed to kick the puck into the net because you have a sharp thing on your foot that if you just start swinging it around all willy-nilly could end up hurting someone really badly. The same should probably go for a chest. Just saying. But oh. if I would have
1: kicked him harder, he would have flown way back. This and is Sparta! And then ah. there would have been... Uh, then there would have been a penalty. Yeah. So what does the big boot from Kevin Nash get an NHL player in an NHL hockey game? Stay tuned this weekend. We'll find out when Zach Cassian is suspended. Would you like to go to spring training with Pinder? We can uh, we can hook you up. We've got your opportunity to head down to Dunedin, Florida next month, and we've got a pretty awesome package for you. You're going to hang out on the brand-new WestJet flight deck in Dunedin. We've got a prize package that includes flights, hotels, transfers, tickets to a Jays game, Jays swag, and booze with Pinder on the road. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I like a Good for your liver, bad for your liver. I don't know. The fact of the matter is, be a fun trip. And it's all free. you got to go to BlueJays.com slash WestJet contest and enter for your chance to win. We're selecting the winner next week. WestJet, the official airline of the Toronto Blue Jays and proud partner of Sportsnet 960's spring training coverage. Love where you're going. Pinder and Steinberg's underway on a Let's Kick People With Our Skates Friday on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: Tinder and Steinberg in the afternoon. Brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to turn up the heat. These are three burning questions on The Steinberg Show. Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
2: All right, Clatter, what do we got today? All right, question number one. Uh, Coaching change in the NHL today. Bruce Boudreaux is out in Minnesota. Some big names available in the coaching market who pat steinberg is the best coach available in the nhl Ooh. right now so who do we got
1: we got gerard Gallant. we've got peter laviolette we now got bruce boudreau um, mike babcock is available bill peters is available um for me the guy at the top of the list is peter laviolette that would be the guy that i would say is the best of the available coaches uh the guy has had nothing but success he has taken he has taken teams to Stanley Cups, he has won Stanley Cups, and he always gets the most out of his groups. So whether it has been in Philadelphia, or Carolina, or most recently in Nashville, name me a time when Peter Laviolette as a head coach of a team hasn't taken his group to the Stanley Cup final and hasn't gotten the most out of him. He's done this on a consistent basis. So I think Laviolette's an elite coach, I really do. Uh, and I think that he has adapted to the changing um to the changing trends in the game. So I would go Laviolette would be the number 1 coach available.
2: One for one, nailed it. Uh question number 2. It's not often we dive into the world of soccer, but uh, major news today as Manchester City uh banned for 2 years from the Champions League and fined 30 million euros uh is this closer to what should have happened to the Houston Astros? Yeah, I mean it's not as if the Astros punishment
1: wasn't harsh um, they, they they did they did hand down an unprecedented punishment in North American Pro sports but boy it, it all of a sudden does look a whole lot tamer compared to what UEFA just handed down <laughs> to Manchester City you're like oh okay they they apparently are, are taking even less crap than uh, than Major League Baseball is so I guess it makes the the Astros punishment looked really harsh like three weeks ago. Now it doesn't look as harsh. 30 million euros, that's $45 million. That's a lot of money.
2: Yeah. That's a pretty good chunk of change. Um, bonus question here. Um, was that uh, Astros apology yesterday your favorite SNL skit or just like a top five? <laughs> um, I mean favorite snl skit i'm trying to think what
1: what would be you know probably probably something with like the the will ferrell uh anna gas tires teacher singing um, mm. that's mm-hmm. that's pretty solid that's that's near the top of the power rankings um Chris Catan as, as Mango, uh, that would be right near the top of the, the power rankings, um, the the four of them where they don't really even say much, but the stupid Christmas song that Horatio Sands sings, um, those would all be near the top, uh, but that this probably makes it into the top five, sure, because that was awful, and Jim Crane... Couldn't have gotten worse media training for going into that news
0: conference yesterday.
2: For, for those who missed it, uh, this... You know, our opinion is,
0: um, you know, that this didn't impact the game.
2: Was in the same press conference as... I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Basically- so, yeah, not uh, mm. not a great day for the Houston Astros.
1: Mm. <laughs> and the players came right out and, you know, really were contrite and took a ton of responsibility for yeah, it's too bad that it happened. Um we got a season to focus on now. Yeah. Alright, yeah, it was it was pretty bad.
2: Uh, question number three. Week two of the XFL, interest level higher than it was for week one, lower than it was for week one, same as it was for week one.
1: I didn't watch any and I'm probably not gonna watch any. So I guess the same. Hmm. You know, if it's if it's on uh I, I might I might give it like and I'm around, I might give it a, a little bit of a look. But you know, it's a busy Saturday. Flames play. Uh, Monday they play an afternoon game, so lots of work on Sunday. It's a it's a working weekend. Shocking. Um, but it's a working weekend. So I um, I probably I probably won't get around to seeing it. So the uh, interest probably about the same.
2: All right. Well, while I, I disagree vehemently with your stance on the XFL. Uh, you go, not, I have you no go,
1: stance on the XFL.
2: I just well, probably take a stance. don't God.
1: have time to watch it is all that there is.
2: Uh, we'll go three for three on this one. I'm feeling good. It's my last day before vacation, so I'm in a good mood. Later today, Peter Klein speaks Japanese. Klein is off
1: to Japan tomorrow, and I made sure when... Because he's... I'm learning French on Duolingo. Klein is learning Japanese. So it's like, at some point before you leave for, for Japan... You're going to have to speak Japanese on on this station. We need to see how far you've come in learning what seems like one of the most difficult languages to ever learn. Uh, So I'm very curious to see where Kleiner's progress is. That's in about an hour and a
2: half's time. Either tune in to be impressed by me or tune in to laugh at how horrible I sound. Either way, it'll be amazing. I'm hoping number one, because I like
1: you. Uh Uh, We're live from Ski Cellar on this lovely Friday afternoon. Uh, We're hanging out here at 5809 McLeod Trail South, one of the three locations for Ski Cellar in the city. So this is their biggest sale of the year, and it's going on right now. All junior ski wear, up to 60% off. They've got winter brands and the top winter sports brands up to 50% off right now. They've got used junior skis for under $100, used junior boots, for under $50 if you're looking to get your son or daughter into the sport and you're like well you know it's pretty cost prohibitive sometimes understood this is a perfect time to do it into use boots for less than $50 use skis for less than $100 what a great way to introduce somebody to the sport uh some specific examples of products on sale right now how about Head Edge Light 100 Men Ski Boots? These are regularly $439.95. They're down to $259.95. You're taking a look at great savings all day here at Ski Cellar. We're on location until 6 o'clock this afternoon. Another blowout Flames win last night that begs a really important question about this team going forward. We'll revisit a topic from last hour when Pinder joins Pinder and Steinberg. Next, we're live from Ski Cellar on a Friday, Sportsnet 960, the Fan.